Blog Talk Radio. God, praise God, praise God. It is such a pleasure to be on blogtalkradio.com today at a Word from God radio broadcast. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continue to be in my mouth. So welcome today to a Word from God radio broadcast. On blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hacker. I want you to know that God has a designed word today, just, just for you today. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Meaning, with God's word in our hearts, Our lives are forever changed. We don't have to go out and commit sin, uh, just willfully go out and do something that we know is wrong because the word of God is in our heart and the word of God lets us know, don't do that, don't do this. You know, you know that's not right. When we got the word of God, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us to keep us ever clean and ever pure and to keep our hearts saturated in the love of Christ. Uh, Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose in Christ. Many of you have a purpose today. I hope you know what that purpose is. I hope you're walking in your lane I hope you're walking down the path to your journey, to your destiny, because the kingdom of God needs you. 
The kingdom of God needs you to get out there and do whatever it is that God would have you to do to put his whole plan together. So we pray that you are walking your purpose, walking in your journey in Jesus' name. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you today right here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. Now, I want to thank you uh, through the past and many times that I've been on the radio. You have always been so kind and so gracious and, and, and saying great things to me and giving me encouraging words and, you know, telling me how much you enjoy the broadcast and how you've been listening to the broadcast. And I just want to say thank you for that every uh, encouraging word is felt deeply in my heart. And your support, I I just really, really appreciate the support that many of you have given me. And so thank you again for tuning in to our radio broadcast on this afternoon. Well, I just want to share a little bit with you today about um, what we are going to be sharing. We are going to be talking today about a study in eschatology. Now, eschatology is a study of the end times. And um, things are going on in our world today, and I've been praying and, and seeking God about what to do. And the Spirit of the Lord has just been laying it on my heart that he wants me to uh, share uh, on the end times. There is so much, as I said, that is going on, that is getting ready to happen, things that we are dealing with on an everyday uh, basis right now in our world. There's all kinds of crime and there's all kinds of tragedy. There's just all kinds of things that are facing. Uh, uh, today I was listening to the news and it went from one disaster to the next disaster. This is uh, September 3rd, 19, I'm sorry, 2019. And, and, and this year there have been so many uh, different things that have going on, so many tragic killings, so many things that are going on with our weather, so many things going on. Things have been uh, shared uh, already in the Word of God. That's already in the Word, and so I want to share with you today on uh, the subject of eschatology, on the subject of the end time. And today we're going to start in the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-four. And this is a book where we, in the New Testament, first start hearing about uh, up-and-coming or or coming events of what is going to take place when Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives, sitting and talking with some of his disciples. Before I get into the lesson, uh, I pray that you have a notebook, uh, a piece of paper, get you some water. Uh, I'm going to play this song, and after 
this, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into the Word of God, Matthew 4. And this is called uh, the Olivet Discourse or the Olivet Prophecy is what we are going to study on today. So God bless you. I pray that you enjoy this song.
Well, praise God. We thank God for that song. Now behold the Lamb, because one day we will behold the Lamb face to face. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and get into the Word of God. Uh, For those of you that have your Bible, I'm going to tell you to go to Matthew chapter 24, but we are also going to use some other scriptures as well on today. Uh, Matthew 24, we're going to go through verses uh, 1 through 51. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to do the whole chapter. uh, We'll be looking throughout the whole chapter of Matthew 25. There are other scriptures, Mark 13, 1 through 37, Luke 21, Luke 21, verses 5 through 38, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, and Revelation 6 and 19, 6 through verse 19, Revelation, yes, Revelation 6. All the way through verse 19. So uh, let's go ahead and we're going to open up in prayer. And uh, then we will go ahead and get into our lesson. Lord, we thank you and we praise you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for this day. We pray, Lord God, that your people, Father God, will be blessed by your words, that they will get a better understanding of what is being said in your word through your prophetic events, Father God, through uh, the rapture and the second coming and the tribulation and the beam of seat judgment and all of the things, Lord God, that we are going to be talking about in the book of Revelation, books of, book of Daniel, book of First Thessalonians, First Corinthians. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that their hearts, Father God, will be overwhelmed, that their hearts will be at peace, and that they will get an understanding that the fear of the book of Revelation will fall off of them, that the spirit of confusion will also fall off of them. In Jesus' name, we know, Father God, that in the book of Revelation, you said that there is a blessing attached to that book that we would take heed that there would be a blessing. And so, Father, we thank you right now and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 24 is also known as the Olivet Discourse or the Olivet Prophecy. It is found in one of the Synoptic Gospels, which are known as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is in Matthew that we first hear mention of the future prophetic events in the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, you're going to find like 17 prophetic books, five major ones, 12 minor ones. The difference between the major um, prophet books are they are longer, and some of them have a more global global uh, implication. And the minor prophet books are often smaller. And God spoke more to some than he did to others. Uh, he had... Uh, some things to say to the minor prophets and even more things to say to the major prophets. Why God did that, we don't know, but praise God for everything that he does. Hallelujah. During this time, Jesus and his disciples, they were coming from the temple, and they had uh, the disciples were 
telling Jesus, they said, you know, wow, look at all this. They were amazed at the temple and how beautiful it was. And, and they wanted Jesus to look and see. And then Jesus says in uh, verse 2 of chapter of Matthew chapter 24, and he told them, all these buildings will be knocked down with not one stone left on top of the other. Now, we must note that the disciples, after hearing this, had a lot of questions. But I'm sure that many a time, every time they would ask Jesus a question or they would say something to Jesus, he would come back with something amazing, and it would just probably stun them at some of the things that Jesus spoke to them. So it was at this time that Jesus began to speak to the Jewish nation, to Israel, and not to the church, because the church at this time had not yet been birthed. Now, he was sharing with them God's plan for Israel during the end times. Now, we, we can't think that just because during this, this, during this uh, time that Jesus uh, did not want the church to understand what is going to take place. See, a lot of times the church, we're so busy preaching about how to live here on the earth, and we do need to know how to live on the earth. You know, we can know how to fight the enemy. We do need to know how to stand up against the devil. We do need to know about financial blessings and ourselves. There are things that we need to do and things that we need to teach. But we cannot forget to teach about the end-time prophetic prophecies of things that are going to take place. Because even though in the end, in the tribulation, in the great tribulation period, and God is going to be dealing more so with Israel, uh, Jesus is going to be dealing with the church after the rapture in heaven, we're going to be going through the Bema Seat Judgment. We're going to be uh, going through uh, um, the marriage feast. Uh, Jesus is going to be married to his bride. We're going to be receiving rewards. So there are things that we're going to be going through in the tribulation period, but it will not be here on this earth. So as the body of Christ, we need to know everything, not just things that will help us down here, because in the end, we're not going to be living forever down here. And I will share some more about that during the when we talk about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. But Jesus says in uh, John chapter 14, that he's taking us to heaven with him and that we will live with him forever. So wherever Christ is is where we are, we, the church, are going to be. So uh, we need to learn how to walk victoriously, how to talk victoriously, but we also need to learn about prophetic things that are going to take place. Now, one of the books that many of us as Christians, and even before getting saved, I remember when I first got saved, I was so excited, you know, about being a Christian. And uh, 
I was reading uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I was reading Acts and Ephesians. And then one day I decided to read Revelations. And uh, by the time I got to chapter 6, I shut the book, and I was scared. I'm like, oh, God, no. What is this? What are you talking about here? But in the process is when I first got saved, and I didn't know anything about the rapture, nothing about it. And uh, I I got saved in Okinawa, Japan, and after we left Japan, we were stationed in Hawaii. And after we left Hawaii, we were stationed in Little Rock, Arkansas. And one one day we were somewhere, and a group of young Christians came up and began to witness to us and tell us about the goodness of God. And we we let them know that we were born again and that we were in ministry. And they began to invite us to some of their uh, functions that they were having, and they were talking about they were going to be talking on the rapture. And I'm like, the rapture, what is that? And uh, we went to the um, meeting on that night, and they began to share scriptures on the rapture and the tribulation period. And then they uh, had a movie called at that time, and it's still out, called A Thief in the Night. Now, I've watched it again recently. The acting is horrible. It's terrible acting. But the message itself is a message of hope. It is a message that makes you want to get out there and let the world know that Jesus is soon to return. And so after that, after seeing that, that you know, hearing the teaching and seeing that message, I deeply got into the Word I began to listen to prophetic teachers. I began to study the Word of God for myself. And so that was forty over 43 years ago, and I've been teaching and preaching on the rapture and teaching on end times and sharing uh, the things that are going to take place. And many have said to me, well, Evangelist Becky, you know, some of that stuff sounds like it's a fairy tale. Uh, some of that stuff sounds like it'd make a great horror movie or a thriller movie. You know, you, you can make it into whatever you want as long as it gets people saved and as long as it gets people headed towards Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. But I want you to know that what is getting ready to come, whenever it's getting ready to happen, whenever it's getting ready to happen, it's going to be a real event. And I want you to know this is that I don't know the day, nor the hour, nor the week, nor the time, nor the month, nor the year. You will never hear me on this show ever teach that, ever. So don't go off saying what she said. It's not, no, I never said any of that because I don't know. Jesus said he doesn't know. Only the Father knows when the rapture will hit. We know when the second coming will take place, but I want you to know that, but it, I want to tell you this, that when the rapture hits, and the, and, and, and it's, it says uh, that Jesus says in Revelation that he's coming soon, meaning an imminent return, meaning I'm going to come and, and you're not going to even know I came, uh, because this event is only, the rapture event is only for the church to see, and it will only involve the church. Anything after the rapture is what we're getting ready to talk about uh, now. And so Jesus was talking to them about uh, the temple, 
And um, there is only one way for us as Christians or those who um, um, are a part, you know, who are of Israel to get out of not going into the tribulation and the great tribulation is, is what I just said, and it's called the rapture. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10, um, the, uh, Jesus, excuse me, Jesus had John to write to the seven churches. And one of the churches in chapter 3 that he wrote to was the church of Philadelphia. Now, those were real churches. Uh, God had some things that he needed to say. He critiqued some things, criticized some things. He, some people, he said, I'm so, I'm so proud of you on this, that, and uh, the other. And so um, this one church, the Philadelphia church, they were an enduring church. They were a church that no matter what, that no matter what they went through, that they did not give up. And so God made them this promise. And I want you to know that uh, we individually, our pastor spoke on this Sunday, but we individually are a church. We are the church. So God is speaking to you. You need to go to Revelations chapter 1, 2, and 3 and read and figure out which of those churches are you. And, uh, and I strive to be the church of Philadelphia. Revelations chapter 10 because you have patiently obeyed me the persecution. Therefore, I will protect you from the time of great tribulation and temptation, which will come upon the world to test everyone alive. God is saying there is something getting ready to happen. He wants you to be ready. He wants me to be ready because he's coming back for his church, his bride, he's coming back. He says, be ready. You don't know. He tells us to be prepared, to have clothes on, prepared, uh, uh, clothes on, having the word of God, you know, uh, having your shield of faith, prayerful, uh, covering yourself. Jesus comes back. Next time I speak with you, we are going to be, if I'm able to finish this particular lesson today, if I don't finish this lesson today, I will finish this one off tomorrow. And then the next lesson after that, we will be talking about uh, the rapture. But here Jesus is speaking to Israel about coming events, starting with the destruction of the temple. Now, in verse 3, the disciples that are with Jesus that are asking him these questions, they are asking him three questions. And the first question, uh, they say, when will these things be? Speaking, first of all, of the destruction of the temple and of the city of Jerusalem. And that did happen in 70 A.D., by a Roman general by the name of uh, um, Titus, yes, Titus, 
I believe was his name. And uh, it happened in 70 AD when Rome conquered uh, the city of Jerusalem and tore down um, the temple bit by bit, just like Jesus said that it would that it would happen. Um, the second question they asked Jesus was, "What will be the sign of his coming?" And then the third question they asked, "When will?" The world end, and so Jesus began to share some things with them. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-four, I don't believe that it is it, everything is chronological that it goes in order. Uh, some of these things are maybe you know you're going to see in the book of Matthew that might even be going on right now. Some of it is the rapture. Some of it is the great tribulation as well as the millennial reign of Christ and then actually the end of the world. This is such an exciting, exciting, exciting study. You will finally be able to understand a lot of things that are going to take place. And you, if you're saved, you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be afraid, and you don't have to be uh, confused. <laughs> now, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, indicates that the tribulation will be divided into two equal parts. And uh, I'm going to read to you uh, Revelations. I'm sorry. I'm going to read to you Daniel's chapter 9, verse 27. There's a tribulation time where uh, things are going to take place in the tribulation, but then there's the great tribulation when there's going to be all kinds of things when the beast uh, is working and some really great stories or God is also going to pour down his wrath uh, upon mankind for following after the uh, the Antichrist or the beast. In Daniel chapter 6, this king will make a seven-year treaty with the people, but after half that time, he will break his pledge and stop the Jews from all their sacrifices and their offerings. Then as a climax to all the terrible deeds, the enemy shall utterly defile the sanctuary of God but in God's time and plan, his judgment will be poured out upon this evil one. Because when Jesus comes back in, um, in, the, in the second coming of Christ, not the rapture, but the second coming of Christ, when he comes back as Lord and King and ruler of this earth, he's not coming back playing. He's coming back and he's going to wreak vengeance on the Antichrist and on the false prophet, and they will both eventually uh, uh, be cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. They're not going to even get a chance to even be judged because uh, the the false prophet and the Antichrist are going to say that they are or that the Antichrist is God, and he's going to set up his image and everything like that in the temple uh, in in the temple of uh, in the Jewish temple that they're going to be able to rebuild during this um, 
in, in the tribulation period. So I don't want to go too much into all of that because we'll be getting into that a little later on. Because it says in uh, after Jesus talked about the temple uh, being destroyed, then he said uh, this, uh, verse 2. I'm sorry, let's go to verse 3 in... Um, in Matthew 24, later Jesus was sitting in a place on the Mount of Olives. The, follow, the followers came by to be alone with him, and they said, tell us when these things will happen. And what will happen to prepare us for your coming and the end of time? And Jesus answered, be careful. Don't let anyone fool you. Verse 5, many people will come and use my name. They will say, I am the Messiah, and they will fool many people. And you will hear about wars that are being fought, and you will hear stories about other wars beginning. But don't be afraid. These things must, must happen before the end comes. We're even seeing some of that right now, wars and rumors of wars and and uh, nations will fight against nations. It means that races will begin to, there will be civil unrest amongst people of different races. And you will hear stories about, uh, I'm sorry, nations will fight against other nations, and kingdoms will fight against other kingdoms. And there will be times when there is no food for people to eat, and there will be earthquakes in different places. These things are only the beginnings of trouble like the first teens of a woman giving birth. These are the beginnings. Well, we're already seeing some of these things happening right now. I mean, we're seeing white supremacists who are, are, are shooting down black people in the streets in Walmart. We, we are hearing obscenities coming from our government uh, to bring about we we are seeing people not liking other people because of the color of their skin, not taking time to get to know people, just determining obscenities and not wanting to, to learn about each other. I challenge you today to start speaking to people of other nationalities and see if we can make a change in our world uh, on that very issue of of nations fighting against nations, you know, racial hatred and, 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 and racial bigotry, all of this stuff. The Bible says that it's going to happen. Say to God, look up, wake up, because you see it happen. Countries fighting against each other. I, when I was studying this, I looked at wars from from the fourth century on up to uh, the twenty first century, and I counted almost twelve hundred wars. Twelve hundred wars. We don't know yet how many more wars are yet going to break out. And you know, people just wanting to take somebody's land, you know, because they're greedy and they 
heard it. You know, I, I'll take from him. I want what he has. And in earthquakes and places recently, we we heard in California uh, two earthquakes in two days, or it may have been two earthquakes in one day. But just all kinds of weather. Right now we're going through the time of uh, uh, Dorian hitting our shores. Uh, we had three Harvey, I mean, just all the tornadoes ripping through uh, uh, our city. It's just everything is going wild. Animal attacks because we're moving, we're building homes, trying to get away from each other. So we want to move way out here, but we're moving the animals out of their territory so they have they're coming into our territory and they're attacking people's uh, young, you know, pets and even young children. And and, and the world is just going haywire. But according to scripture, it says that this is just the beginning. It is just the beginning. It's the beginning. Um. We need to understand that we are living in a time that uh, any moment, as I said, at any moment, Jesus could break the sky open and be on his way back. Now, Revelation chapter 6 is a parallel passage. Is taken from the earth. This man is going to be such a deceiver, and he's going to come in and he's going to make the world think that he has all, all of the world's answers. And the world, and I didn't say the church because the church is not going to be here, but the world is going to love him. And anything that he says and anything that he does, they're going to be in an agreement. And he's going to come in very gentle-like at first. But then in the end, he's going to show his true colors. And, you know, everybody is saying, well, one time back in the day when I was a young woman, I was a vice president named Agnew. They were saying Agnew was the Antichrist and Hitler was the Antichrist. And people were saying Obama was the Antichrist. And some are saying that um, uh, our is the Antichrist, but not so. He's going to be somebody that none of us know, and he's going to have all of the answers to everything. And we're going to fall in love with this man. So you need to understand all the different things that are going to be taking place at this time. Myself and my notes here. 
The beast will take authority and set up an image of himself in the future temple, and that's what we read in Daniel chapter 9. You can Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, you can also find it in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 14, Revelation 13, 1 through 18. When this happened, then Jesus said to head for the hills because there's going to be so much going on during this period of time. It's going to be crazy. It, we read earlier where it says that if a woman is, you know, it, 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 it'll be sad to be a woman carrying a child or even having having a child at that time, trying to get out of the way of death and destruction, trying to get away from all of the turmoil that is going to take place. I mean, every day when we turn on the news now, we're shaking our heads. We're like, God, this is, this is awful. This is nothing compared to to what is going to take place in the end. Uh, Those in Jerusalem are advised to flee for their very lives when they see that the beast has taken on a seat of authority. Now, when the beast takes on this seat of authority, as we see in Matthew chapter 24, verses 16 through 20, the Antichrist is going to rule from Jerusalem for 42 months or three and a half years. This is the latter half of the tribulation, and this part of the tribulation is called the Great Tribulation in verse 21. Jesus warns that the Great Tribulation will be the worst time ever seen, the worst time ever seen on the earth. And then he says, in fact, that those days were not cut short by the return of Christ, no one would survive. Jesus has to come back so that the world is not totally destroyed by this man. Because at this time, it's like a war going on between the Antichrist and Jesus, I'm sorry, the Antichrist and God himself. There is no, ain't nobody playing on this one. Uh, and when we get to the book of Revelation, we're going to talk about the seals and the bowls and the trumpets and all of the things that are going to be happening during that, tw- uh, during that tribulation period. Uh, Jesus, again, gives warning of false prophets because what's going to happen is uh, this man is going to say that he is God and that people are to bow down and worship him. This is uh, during, uh, I don't, I'm trying to remember if this is the time that he's going to order that everybody will will have to be, uh, pick on his number, which is the number of 666, and we'll get into that a little later as well. Right now, they do have a chip right now that people can put in their right hand. The Bible says it's done in the forehead or in the right hand, and people are voluntarily taking this chip right now. But the scripture says that anyone that takes this chip, that they have have shut the door to them ever being able to receive Christ because it is 
a a a connection with that chip, with them having that chip and being a part of what the Antichrist is doing. So there's going to be all kinds of things that will be taking place. Uh, and uh, it says that there will be all types of astronomical upheaval in verse 29 of Matthew, uh, that um, the nations of the world will see Jesus when he comes. It's going to get so it's going to get so bad that Jesus is eventually going to come back um, in the clouds with power and great glory. And you find that in verse 29 and 30. Uh, those who are saved during the tribulation, though, will be gathered out of the world by the angels. There is still going to be uh, uh, there's still going to you still be able to get saved during the tribulation period and even the great tribulation period, but it's going to be tough. It's not going to be like it is today. People are going to have to hide and and you know when they want to worship God, it, they're not going to be able to do it openly like we can do it now. That we can serve God openly. We can go forth and witness. To witness, to to be saved in, is almost like you saying, "I'm, you know, go ahead, uh, take take me out," because they don't want you preaching and teaching and sharing uh, the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus emphasizes the fact that there will be signs leading to the day of judgment, and that His word is sure. Uh, that's in verse thirty-five. Jesus says that no one knows the timing of these events and that those and that those upon whom the judgment is coming will be caught unaware. And so that's why we want you to be ready now to leave when Jesus comes for the church. Um, like I said, you can be saved in the tribulation period, but it's going to be such a horrible time. Some people are going to be killed. They're going to be martyred uh, just because they, they, they have a love for God, just because they chose to um, uh, spend time uh, serving and loving and wanting to learn and wanting to hear about God. As we get deeper into this study, we're going to learn about the 144,000 uh, Jewish men that God is has sealed, will be sealing uh, to be evangelists. We're going to learn about the two witnesses that God is going to send back uh, to the earth to witness, and they will battle the Antichrist and the false prophet. Uh, there are so many other things that we that I want to share with you during this time. Uh, this is just an overall view of some of the things that will take place. But I would have you to go ahead and read um, Matthew chapter 24 yourself. And let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you and, and, and talk to you about what is going to take place. And I want you to know that if you're saved and if you're born again, you don't have any reason to worry. You don't have any reason to be fearful. 
If you are unsaved, all you got to do is just ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. Pray, confess, believe on what he has done for you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins because he loves you. He came here because uh, he wanted to save uh, the people, save save Israel from their sins. But Israel did not receive Christ at that time. They, he didn't come the way that they thought that he should come. He, 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 he came as, as a baby. He was born. He was, he, was, he was 100% God. He was 100% man. But he lived on this earth as a man. And he, 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 he showed us an example on how to live sin-free. He showed us an example on how to walk before the Lord. He showed us everything we were to do. And many of us have reached out and we have given our hearts and our lives to Christ. We have told the Lord, for him we live and for him we die. We want to serve him. And you can do the same just by just by just praying. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Confess in your, uh, with your mouth that Jesus is raised from the dead, that Jesus died and was raised, and now he has ascended to the Father. But see, Jesus went to the Father only because he went to prepare a place for us. And that is where we're going to start on our next lesson, and we're going to be talking about the rapture, one of the greatest events. And I want, if you're not saved and you want to give your life to Christ and you want to have God to to change your heart and to change your life around, and if you believe that Jesus loved you so much that he died for you, I want you to just pray a little prayer with me and pray the prayer of salvation. Just You're just asking Christ to forgive you of your sins. You're asking him to save you. You believe on him. And you can only do this if you believe that Christ has done this for you, if you believe it. And once you believe it in your heart, Jesus will come in and he will do the rest for you. And so repeat after me, Father God, In the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Father, I no longer want to live a life of sin. I I receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to follow in the footsteps of Christ. I pray, Jesus, that you will come into my life. Save me. Make me the man or woman that I'm supposed to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, I want you to uh, uh, just go ahead and just begin to tell him thank you and to love on him and ask him, thank him for forgiving you of your sins. Thank him for dying on the cross for you. 
And then the next step I want you to do is to find a church and uh, a good Bible-believing church. And uh, I'm going to give you my email address because I'm getting ready uh, to close out um, today's lesson, my time. I've got about five more minutes, so my time is is very well spent here. Um, But I want you to email me at a word from God seven. That's a word from God seven at gmail dot com. Now if you have any questions about uh salvation, if you have any questions about today's lesson, I'm not a debater. I'm not gonna debate with anybody about this. Um this is how the Lord has dealt with me on this particular subject. If God has dealt with you in a different way, praise God. You can do this on your own show. Praise God. But I don't debate anybody about this, and I won't be answering debate questions. But I will answer sincere questions that, uh, and if you want, you know, I will do everything I can to answer whatever questions you have. If you have a question on salvation, I will, uh, uh, or or church, I will try to help you to find a church in your area, something that you may be looking for in your area. So um, I do want to say that I do thank you. I pray that, um, I pray that you got something out of this message today uh, on the uh, Olivet Discourse or the prophetic the Olivet Prophecy, because um, there is just so much more. There is so much more that we are going to teach on this particular subject. So tune in again. I believe I will be back on the air tomorrow as well. And um, we're going to be talking about the rapture. Now, the rapture is going to take me a little bit longer, so it might be a two- or three-day lesson. I'm not quite sure how many days it's going to take me to do this lesson. But uh, I want to say before I leave, again, that thank you for joining me on the broadcast. And as I said, you may email me at a word from God seven at gmail dot com. Again that's a word from God seven at gmail dot com. Uh please reach out to us uh for any contact information. Uh you know any any type of any any contact information. You can reach out to me about speaking engagement. About prayer requests, uh, biblical questions, or donations. I want you to know that I am so blessed to have been able to share with you today on blogtalkradio.com uh, on our eschatology series. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for tuning in to a word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist, Rebecca Collier Hazlitt. 
saying thank you for joining us. May God really bless all of your endeavors for him. And until next time, have a joyous and a very blessed day. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye. It's yet, it's yet to come.